I don't know where this thought came from. It was, I was random. I was driving, but I had this weird thought about Will and the next video game NCAA football. And I, 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 ha- I have a realization here. Going? Road, well, road to glory? Is this going to be about you beating me? Or what is this? Well, we know that's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen, though, like, like with you in the game. There's going to be a small percentage of people who buy the next NCAA video game, which comes out next, what, June, July? Yeah, sometime next summer. And... Praise Lord. You know what sucks about this is Ryan and I, I know Ryan. I know Ryan's going to buy the game. He's going to love the game. He's going to play the game. No complaints. That's who Ryan is, right? You know that too. That's who Ryan is. Sure. That's who I am. You know what Will's going to do, Ryan? And I can guarantee it right now. I can just see it. I don't know why I had this thought. Will is not going to love the game no matter what. His review will not be, I guarantee it, it will not be, this game is awesome, one of the best games of all time. I love this NCW game. It's going to be one of two things. Either this is trash because it's too much like Madden because Will hasn't played video games like like uh, uh, football games in a while, so he's not going to be used to it. Or two, it's going to be, yeah, this is okay. I mean, it's not the old NCAA, mm. but it's okay. And the reason is he's so in love with the old NCW. I have romanticized He's it. Nothing is As going to replace should, it. We haven't had it for like 12 years. So here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a small percentage of people. I'm calling them the Legion of Wills. <laughs> they're going to come out from the woodwork when the new game comes out next year. The Will and Legion. The Will Legion. Oh, that's almost better. That's a good one. <laughs> and they're going to hate on this game, which I know I'm Look, going to love because we're finally going to get into. Can I back. just want the best for my favorite thing in the world? No, can you can want, I ask for, for the best, Tyler? No, you, you want the old game and you're not going to get I the old do. game. I literally do. I actually wish if they would just give me an option of you can take the new game or we'll remaster and you can play the actual old one with new graphics on a new on a modern day console, I would take that one all day. So you're right. I'm actually not disagreeing with you. There's a very good I, chance yeah. that I'd shit on the yeah, new game. I, I think you're going. You're going to go high in. Expectations. And and it sucks because I love Will's. Uh, I think it would be fun to do like a, a franchise with Will. Right. I we still get him will in play one. though. I still will. Will you? I play or are you going to like reluctantly hate. be like, yeah, I guess. No, like, because if I if I can play as Michigan, I will play. Like that's that. I'm going to hold you to it. Now we've got you on tape. I can hold you to it. I absolutely will play, and I will beat you. So, <laughs> all right, uh, suck it. But look, yeah. first of all, boys, we're back in the studio. We're here in Woos Media Studios. Yeah, it's good to be here in person. It is good to be here. We are less than three weeks away from college football, and things are hot. My God, I mean, first of all, we have. An amazing show. We're breaking down the SEC. We're breaking down the Pac-12. Uh, but I mean, obviously, the biggest story in all of college football right yeah, now are hot. is that realignment. So hot right that now. Handle is so hot right By now. By the way, Ryan, do, I know you don't like sound effects. You guys think they're cheesy. Do we have the hot, like the fire? What is it? Hot take? The crackling one. The crackling one. Do you it like? It just that? goes on too long. Well, we don't have to play it that no, long. No, I know, he can but stop that's just, it after five I'm seconds. fine with it if we just play it for a second. Okay, yeah, but, but things are hot, and it started with the Buffs. Super hot. It started with CU. Yes. So, can I take credit for that? Can my team take credit for that? So, the first, the first pin to fall. If you've been living under a rock, the Pac-12 is officially dead. Rest in peace to the Pac-12. Yeah, the Pac-12 is actually like uh, there. It is. It's like hot. A, it's a burning corpse. Do you hear this, this though? That's a good fireplace. All right, now sound. kill it. It's already gone yeah, on Will's too long. Mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but look the. Uh, CU left, and then that started off the the entire wave of realignment. Now Utah, Arizona, Arizona State will be joining CU in the in the Big Twelve. In the Big Ten, adds the two biggest fish left, which was Oregon and Washington. Mm-hmm. They're already getting USC and UCLA. So now we have the Pac Four, and even though people are exploring options for the four teams left, I actually want 
let's just keep the Pac-4. If there's a conference, <laughs> a conference that just has Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, and Stanford, they each play each other three times. I think that's how that math would work out. And they do like a round robin to, to decide the pack four but winner. See, then someone would end up undefeated and be in the conversation, and be, you know, being an awful It'd be team. hilarious. But hold on. Imagine I, trying to argue for the pack four winner to make the playoff. Can I make a case for Stanford? <laughs> I think Stanford could if they open up if there's a big if here if they open up their recruiting measures right because it's tough to get in there Which right you now can't do yeah well they it's can too, it's too good the of university school. the university of colorado did that you know yeah, when but the university of colorado's not stanford I'm, I'm sorry as far as academics go i'm no, not even shitting on I, most schools no for not. sure for sure and, and i'm not saying they harvard's are harvard's never going to let in the five stars my point was more that GPAs. it's not my point was more that it's not as as difficult right as as you may think right but Stanford's got to decide what they're... This is a weird crossroads for a school like Stanford and maybe for other schools coming up here because I believe the next phase, once everyone's weeded out and the Pac-12 doesn't exist and it's to the big three conferences, the next phase is weeding out those schools at the bottom. Are you doing your job? Are you bringing money in? Oh, because man, they're basically Other schools doing can do that, but like, does Vanderbilt stay? Do other schools in the Big well, Ten Well, you basically stay? talked about the idea of like a Premier League-style relegation I'd promotion that. like that's basically what has just happened like these four teams have been relegated nobody wants them like they're not good enough from a business standpoint not necessarily i mean they don't have great teams but like oregon state's a really good football program right now stanford's had some good years like stanford and, and they're talking about cal and stanford going to the acc which would, would just that. be i mean for yeah from like an uh, like and i get it like first of all the there's been a lot of like upheaval of like no one thinks about like the the softball teams and stuff, because other ones have to travel way more. It's not just one game a week. The other not-so-relevant sports, and I agree with those takes, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking sure. about football here, right? And so, like, Cal and Stanford to the ACC would be fine, I guess, but I'm like, that would suck. Dude, well, imagine extending playing markets. It, we talked about that last week. Yeah. Extending markets, getting getting more viewership later in the night. Kind of. But, I mean, I mean look, I'm not. I'm all for like that. a six-hour flight from Cal to Clemson. You know what I mean? Like, that's there, rough. There's nothing wrong with Stanford and Cal. We need to understand that not every school's Alabama, first of all. And second of all, you get a good coach in a good spot. California's got a lot of talent. If Stanford happens to maybe tweak their recruiting stuff, they can get some new players in. Like Cal has been good before. It sure. depends on coaches. It depends on you know the the situation. But Stanford is actually attractive. Stanford. I think. Yeah, like, yeah, well, I think they so have too. amazing athletics outside of football too. They have like a fantastic look. Athletics. My, my whole point is, and I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes in the South. If Stanford. Just pl just play along here, okay? If Stanford happened to be located in a different, let's not use Stanford. Let's use Cal, okay? Because Stanford's recruiting is or uh, their their entrance, you know, measures are ridiculous. Sure. If Cal was in the SEC for the last ten years, right, and like embedded in the recruiting and the it's schedules, like Vanderbilt, they'd be no, 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 no. I think yeah. it'd be like Missouri or something like that, like a mm. lower, like not an F tier. They'd be a D tier, maybe a C sometimes tier. But we, but we don't just sit here and shit on Missouri and and some years South Carolina. Like like there's all these teams who are just floating around on there, but we right. never just sit here and rag on them. So I, you know, it's about perception circumstance but i think that if they get involved with the acc that's great they don't necessarily you know deserve to right now but but just to go back to what you said my future or my vision of college football here's how it works 48 teams in the top division every year i don't know eight to 12 teams get relegated to the second division right. and eight to 12 teams come up now maybe it's fewer maybe it's, it's four teams the champion is automatically in 
and the second place is automatically in or whatever, and then or I don't know, and then second and third have a playoff to see who gets in or something. I like just that, don't so. see the only reason why I don't see that happening is because they schedule games so far in advance, right? So it'd be hard to to like all of a sudden do logistically games. adjust schedules every year. But I mean, look, uh, like, something like that though would be awesome. The Pac-12. I mean, yeah, look, it's dead. They don't have anyone to blame but themselves, though. Like, they actually had a well, little-known story. They had an option to poach, oh, little story. poach the Big 12 teams like three years ago, and a bunch of the Pac-12 schools said, no, we don't want to be associated with the likes of, you know, Oklahoma State and West Virginia and stuff because the Pac-12 has always been a little bit, like, nose in the air about uh, about their academics and the excellence of their schools, and now it's the conference of champions. Exactly, right? and now there are, now schools like Cal and Stanford that yeah are fantastic academic programs um, are left like left out to dry, and like they'll be lucky to get anywhere else. And who knows what's going to happen? Like though, I actually feel the people I feel absolute worst for right now are Oregon State fans because like their program was just turning the corner. They were a, like a fun, good team last year. They look like they're going to be a good team again this year, and now it's like. Who knows? They might go to the Mountain West. Like this could be the end of of any kind of relevance for Oregon State. Why don't they go or dominate Washington the Mountain State. West? Maybe that's not so bad. I you guess go win nine just, games a year. It's just so much less money. That's the problem. And how, how do you build a program with that? But I don't know. Look, all I know is that I actually hate realignment in general. Yes, it will be exciting to have. Like I'm excited to have a, a Big Ten schedule as a Michigan fan that has you know USC and UCLA and Oregon and and Washington. Like those are exciting matchups. But I don't like realignment and i actually think that where where what the future will hold will hold is we're going to get two massive super conferences and then they're just going to break them up regionally and it'll be very similar to what it was before but it'll be <laughs> li- like like because that's the, the the logistic smart way i mean it it'll literally be the nfl yes it's a shorter flight from be, yeah. ann arbor to london than it is from ann arbor to uh to like to seattle well let's get a little bit of london like, town in there that's insane like, like or eugene or whatever whichever one was furthest out of that and so like that's that's the part where logistically it actually is shitty for the travel for the students, especially for the ones that aren't playing football to play more games. But like I actually think it'll be two super conferences and they will break them up regionally and then it, things will make a lot more sense. That's the future that I see. Who knows when that happens? But that's my prediction. It's Will's pick. That's my prediction. I mean, look, it's just huge news and it's going to make this year exciting because this is the last year. This is. This is the Pac-12's last dance. This is like the uh, the swan song. The swan song, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like the the parade that like uh, remember like Kobe did it. He announced it's going to be his last year. He went on a, a tour where he got like applauded everywhere he went. Like that's what, that's what this gets to be like for the Pac-12 this year. And so it's going to be exciting. It's the last. So let's dance. go Buffs in front Pac-12. of half, in front of half full stadiums. That's right. Yeah. Win it the last year you're in it. <laughs> yeah, no, def- that's definitely going to happen for mm-hmm. sure. Um, well, I mean, should we just dive straight into the Pac-12 then? Shall we? I mean, are you ready let's for dive. this? Let's dive. I am ready. I have some things to say before okay. we get going on these conferences. Okay. I have some notes on the SEC. So we're doing SEC and Pac-12 today, right? So let me get my notes here. You know how I like bottom. to I like to print things off here. Um, okay. Yep. So he's, an old, he's old school. He's old school. He keeps everything on paper. <laughs> is there anything wrong with that? He's I got know, a laptop in front of him. I know people, but say the notes like, have to be printed out on paper. This is this is already out of order too. I should number these pages. It's already out of order. There's you there's should a just bunch have it on. You literally type that up on your computer and then print it out <laughs> to have in front of your computer. I put numbers on here. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I got notes on the Pac-12. I found them. So overall, last year, 2022, we saw a big surge. In Pac-12 play. Honestly, the Pac-12 played very well last year, including bowl games. Sure. The Pac-12 had five teams in the top 15 
for net points per drive. So think about that. The total, all of college football, by the way, this is adjusted for efficiency, net points per drive. Pac-12 had five of the top 15 teams. Those teams were Washington, Oregon, Utah, Oregon State, and USC. All those teams except Oregon State, like Will just mentioned, are out of the conference next year. Uh, Washington, ninth overall. Uh, They were ninth despite being 102nd in defensive points per drive. So think about that. The stat I gave was net points per drive. Offensive combined with defensive, right? It it, it looks at both of them. Washington was 102nd in in that defensive stat. So think about how good they were offensively to be a top 15 team. This is a conference that if if they had time and things expanded, who knows how good they could have gotten, but obviously... It's dead. The Pac-12 is is as dead as uh, uh, married with children. But a uh, little reference for the old school listeners there. <laughs> you guys ever used to watch that show? Oh, sure. Oh, Shout yeah, out Christina too. Applegate. Big fan. Uh, moving on with the stats from last year. Four teams last year in the top 15 for opponent-adjusted efficiency. Those teams were Oregon State, Oregon, USC, and Utah. But despite all those good advanced stats, defensive points against, which matters a lot. How many points are you giving up on defense per game? Only one team, not the top 15, which we've been saying so far, top 28, Oregon State, number 11. No other team was in the top 30 for defensive points against per game. So this is a conference that defense isn't a big deal, hasn't been for a while. Now we look at Utah in big games, right? Oregon State in some big games last year, but overall, they can't play D. So the question is, do we have a reason to believe that will change the final year of the Pac-12? Do you guys think so? Do you think not? Are we going to see the same old Pac-12 are they going to be more – is it going to be different this year in any, for any reason? I think it will be more of what we saw last year, but just like improved. Because I actually th- – I think there's a lot of improved teams in the Pac-12. And so I think it will be similar to last year, except we're going to have more people kind of vying for that top spot. Because I feel like the top three or four teams are all pretty dangerous up there. Ryan, do you think we're going to get the same Pac-12 as – I think we're going to get a very similar Pac-12. I think, um, I think some of those defensive numbers will come down. Um, but I think it's going to be the Pac-12 as we know it. It's going to be fun, though. No, no, no doubt. It's your night games. So Pac-12 after dark, p- baby. Put your uh, your PJs on. Your nightcap. Does anyone wear a nightcap? You know, you know the old oh, school yeah. ones. It's like the uh, like the what do you call them? With the, they come up to a point. Yeah, yeah. With a little fuzzy thing up. That's top. so. This is a, you want to know exactly how I sleep. How I have you wear one of those full pajamas. Okay. A nightcap. Oh my god. I have a candle holder, <laughs> and I snore like this. I go honk shoe, honk shoe. That's exactly okay. how it works. But honestly, <laughs> when you when you have that on, I recommend a nightcap for the Pac-12 games. And uh, it's going to be a good last year. <laughs> I hope there's someone a... out there that actually still sleeps with a nightcap on. Okay, what so here's what we did idea. last week. Here's what we did last week. We're doing a draft. Okay, so we're going to do draft. a draft order. I'm randomizing right now. Yes, thank you. Will's going to yes. randomize it as we speak. New draft order. Uh, so we're going to draft top three. Obviously, there's three of us. Winners of the conference. And then the bottom three losers of the conference. So you get a point, end of the season, if you drafted the correct team to win or lose. We total it up. The... We didn't decide. What does the loser do? Buy lunch? Is that good? Uh, yeah. I mean, that I'd, I'd be fine Buy with that. Something. They have to bring in food for everybody. Yeah, bring in food to a podcast. Bring in dinner to a podcast for everyone. Is that yeah. good? Bring in your best dish, and we'll the Ooh, other two the will just dish. rip it apart. All right. So uh, we'll draft <laughs> order. We'll start with the Pac-12 winners. All right. So, so here, it's gonna go snake draft. So in. so whoever wins this, so it goes one, two, three, three, two, one. So the loser of this first one gets the first pick for the losers, right? Correct. Okay. Okay. Putting we'll our three here. names in here. I am randomizing. 
He's random. I can do some karaoke. I, I got number one joke. last week. Mm. That's right. Okay. Um, you know, I, I actually heard a funny joke. Uh, it reminded me of Will when I always lecture him. Even when I'm losing, I'm like, just take my picks. Don't take Will's picks. Even if I'm 0-10, <laughs> Will's 10-0. Did take it my go pick. Smitty, Tyler, Will last time? Or did it go Smitty, Will, Tyler? Smitty, Will, Tyler last it's time. Smitty, Tyler, Will. So Smitty's okay. still number one. I'm number three. So should I tell my joke or should I, should I hold off? Um, it, yeah, reminded, it. it reminded me of, of, of us yeah, because yeah, I always tell the audience to always take my you picks. knee slappers. Even if I'm 0-10, Will, and you're 10-0 on a streak, I always just take mine. Well, that's a special. I know what I'm take doing. take yours because it's going to regress back to the mean. Husband and wife are in Las Vegas, and the wife sits down, loses 200 bucks in a slot machine quickly, goes back up to her husband, tells him, he goes, how do you lose 200 bucks in a slot machine? What are, you, I, what are you doing? What are you thinking? She goes, what are you... She goes, what are you talking about? You just lost $5,000. He goes, yeah, but I know how to gamble. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that so is the they... gambling mindset. I love that. All right, so uh, All right, pack who's, who's first? Smitty's up first again. Yeah, Ryan gets the first pick again. I know. So, he, so just to recap the, the Big 12 picks. Big 12 picks recap. Ryan got Texas sure did. for the winner. Will got Kansas Hook State. Yep. I got Oklahoma. For the losers, I got Cincinnati. Will took West Virginia. Ryan took Kansas. Correct. Okay, what do you got for this uh, this trader? Uh, <laughs> uh, so for my number one overall pick for the Pac-12, I'm going USC Trojans. Yeah, Trojans, you know it's got to yeah, happen. Yeah, he goes Texas, he goes USC. I don't blame him. Should we do what we did last time? Stop me when you have something to say, so I can break yeah, him down, ahead. and you yep. can tell me where you either agree, you're usually spot on, so or disagree. <laughs> um, well, actually, I want to start off with Lincoln Riley because I think it's an interesting question. Why is he successful? Is he successful as a head coach because he can surround himself with good talent as a coach? Like like he puts other good coaches around him? Is it because he always has the best players? And that's going to happen if you're a really good offensive mind. You have the best players. That's what it's going to look like. Is it because he always has the best quarterback or a mobile quarterback who can run his offense? Because if you think about it, Lincoln Riley, in my opinion is a better coach when he has a better, more mobile quarterback. Sure. Now, who obviously throws that off? Caleb Williams, right? Because right. he's not that mobile. But if you look at the last five quarterbacks... He's that, fairly mobile, though. Well, pretty mobile, but let's compare him to the last couple quarterbacks right. that Lincoln Riley's had. So these are ranked one through five based on... Uh, it's based on like scripted rushes per game, uh, length of possession, things like that, how these quarterbacks rank. The quarterback, the quarterback that got the ball most on the ground in, in rushing assignments was Kyler Murray, number mm. one. Yeah. Number two, Baker Mayfield. Mm. Number three, Jalen Hurts. Wow. Number four, Spencer Rattler. And number five, Caleb Williams. So until you get to Caleb, it's like, yeah, that's probably his best college quarterback, number one. Maybe Baker Mayfield, you can make the argument, was up there, but he's number two. Jalen, number three. Spencer Rattler, number four. So for, for Lincoln Riley, the more his quarterbacks are mobile – the better he seemingly is as an offensive coach. So I will say out of those five quarterbacks, though, Caleb Williams is by far the better thrower of the football. And, so that's, I, and that's why I think why he's relying on what he's doing now. Sure, and, that, and that's why, I mean, he was, he was playing the hand he was dealt, you know, with Kyler, with Baker, with Jalen Hurts. Um, the, you just have more options in the running game with them specifically. Caleb can just throw the rock wherever he wants. He's an NFL quarterback for sure. And I think we should also quickly talk about the hand he was dealt because he had a he recruited those guys largely. He wanted a lot of those players to come in. Remember, he was part of the process bringing them in. So I think he's evolved as a coach. Is one thing sure. we can look at with this. Hmm. He was a coach who wanted to rely heavily on the quarterback run which it's always going to be a weapon in my opinion now in these modern offenses sure 
but especially you get, in college. But you get Caleb Williams, who has this elite arm from the pocket, real good decision making. I mean, what Caleb Caleb Williams has what sixty three touchdowns, nine picks in his career, hundred and seventy quarterback rating. By the way, against top twenty five teams, sixteen touchdowns, three picks. He's good against better competition. I think that this is a perfect scenario for USC to make a run and have one of those offenses where they're loaded, offensive line on the outside. I mean, they got a lot of playmakers. It's all about the defense. That's what we know with USC. That's the whole question mark. What's the defense going to do? And Alex Grinch, you're a mean one, Alex Grinch. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are quiet so I can actually cut that for, <laughs> for something to use in the Don't future. Don't cut it. It stays. <laughs> no, no. Executive no, order. No, I mean, cut it for like the end of the season. Oh, uh, montage. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you guys usually Good cut call. me off when I do that. It's all about <laughs> Alex Grinch. But here's the thing. Let's talk about Alex Grinch because I believe there's something going on here. I think there's a strong narrative amongst college football fans that he's not a great coach. He gets in. He's average. I think that's bullshit for a few reasons. Now, I'm not saying Alex Grinch is a top 10, even top 25 DC. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he's capable of leading a team for a national championship run, and he's not going to fuck things up. Here's what he's done in his career. And actually, maybe I'll bring this up real quick, his uh, Wikipedia. Because if you look at his uh, Wikipedia, it looks like he wrote it. It's a very pro-Alex Grinch. But it's got (laughs) a lot of good stats on there that I want to bring up in just a second. So his whole career... He has gone, well, his defensive coordinator career, he's gone from team to team and sort of rebuilt teams and then left. Right. He hasn't stayed at anywhere for four, Washington five, State, six years. Oklahoma, USC. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, his his whole resume, I mean, when he first started with D.C., he was a D.C. and D-backs coach at Washington State, like you said, 2015. He was Mike there Leach. for a couple of years, 2017. 2018, Ohio State. Oklahoma. Uh, 2019 to 2021. And then USC from 2022 to present. All of those schools got better when he was there. From 2015, this this is uh, IE or uh, from uh, uh, Wikipedia here. From 2015 to 2017, Alex Grinch was the DC and secondary coach of Washington State under Mike Leach. Under 2014, the year before he got there, the Cougars were 99th nationally in total defense, 127th in pass defense, and 127th in turnovers. When he got there, they rose to 16th total defense. Ninth in passing defense, ninth in turnovers. Oklahoma, same thing. They were abysmal in all these offensive stats. He gets oh, yeah. in immediately, turns them into ninth overall pass efficiency, ninth overall rush defense, 28th scoring defense, 29th total defense. I know, look, 28th scoring defense, 29th total defense. These aren't going to blow anyone out of the water, but it's the perception. This guy sucks. He doesn't know what he's doing. No, he's taking over horrible defenses, making them very good as he goes. That's why he's getting these jobs. It's not, it's not like these guys are morons and they keep going, well, let's keep Alex Grinch around, you know, right. oh, maybe this is your, he knows what he's doing. Clearly. So I think this whole thing about he's a bum is bullshit. And I think that we need to look past that. So overall, my theory is, and we'll talk about this throughout the podcast because we'll come back to it. I think he's kind of set up to fail anyway, unless USC runs a different offense. Because I believe in football, NFL, and college. It's very tough. It's like it's something that I've developed, a theory I've developed, looking at the stats. Because stats show these teams who stress offense, 
stress scoring points, getting on the field, you're naturally going to have quick possessions, right? right. Yeah. Your defense is going to be on the field a lot, More and it's tough to have field. that defensive identity. When, you're, when your offense is all identity, it's just, I don't know the intricacies of why it is. It's, it would be really interesting to look at, but, I, but the defense, for some reason, on these teams never has an identity. Think about Peyton Manning's teams in the NFL, right? When did he win a Super Bowl? When it was a defensive-centric team, first of all, and he could run with uh, whoever that great running back was, and then with the Broncos, when right. the defense was a great team. All the other years, Peyton Manning was running things the defense could never put it together. So I see that with Oklahoma. I see that with USC. I see that with these teams who run this style sure. that I wonder, can USC even get there defensively? Now, I'm not saying they have to. Maybe they go to the playoff and win the championship scoring 58 points a game. Yeah. Who knows? But Alex Grinch is not the problem here. So we need to stop that narrative, I think, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, look, I, they, they don't have to have a top 10 defense to 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 go – to the championship, right? Like, again, I don't know. I, I think they do if they want to compete with the likes of, like, Georgia or Alabama. Um, but that being said, like, you know, in order to win the Pac-12 and make the playoff, like, they just need to have, like, a top 25 defense, if that, honestly. Right, right exactly. we know the offense is going to be great. So Well, but look at them last year. They competed. They did well, and they were, I think, 98th overall in a total adjusted FEI, which is efficiency right. adjusted for opponents. So they weren't great. But, but let's talk about this. But before we move on from USC, <laughs> the big elephant in the room, is the turnover question because last year they were number one in the country in turnover margin. They were one of the the top teams in the country in, uh, in creating turnovers per game. Right. I think they averaged two turnovers per game. Yeah, they had or, crazy excuse me, turnover I should say luck. takeaways per game, right. right? Yeah. So they were great getting the but as we know statistically that's not real predictable. You know, right place, right time. That's not a stat you go this is a team where they're going to pick the ball off or they're going to create a lot of fumbles. Now maybe they're going to rip the ball. But but if you if you're a team that stresses fumbles, ripping the ball out, maybe you create two to four more per year. What we saw last year was an anomaly. So can USC be a good defense without all the turnovers? I'm not so sure. But, Ryan, I think that's a good number one overall pick. Yeah. Everybody's number one pick. All right. Who's two? You are. All right. Number two. Number two. Let me get my notes together here. My notes. My notes. All right. We're going Utah. Uh, I talked about Utah a little bit a few weeks ago in my earlier pick I gave out for uh, the uh, week one, week zero game. Not sure when it is, but they host Florida. I think Utah is going to be one of the surprise teams for one reason. No one talks uh, uh, Utah. No one talks Utah football. They're the most consistent team in the Pac-12. And really, they're bringing back enough, both offense, defense, nine starters back on defense, a defense that finished eighth overall in efficiency last year, a ton back on offense. The one question, in my opinion, for the offense is, can they replace Dalton Kincaid? That's what everyone's been talking about, high draft pick. And what no one realizes, or at least what few people are talking about, is Brant Keithy. Brant Keithy has been in this offense now for several years. As a matter right. of fact, his first couple years in the offense, he finished number one in passing yards or reception yards. Next year, he finished number two. The next year, he finished number one. And then... And he's his, a tight end. For, he's a tight yeah. end. Exactly. He gets all these... And then in his, you know in his career sequentially the the following year would have been last year where he got hurt Dalton Kincaid was a huge national superstar and he didn't get any any time but he's going to be back this year and I think he has you know 80 70 80 catches in him this year you know double digit touchdowns but like we always say with Utah it's about their backs their receivers do they have the, the talent the speed the recruits to actually keep up, legitimately keep up with the national contenders. I'm not so sure, but in the Pac-12, I think that it's not a bad pick for number two overall if Ryan chose USC. Um, 
I mentioned uh, the starters back offense defense. The the non-conference, I think, is pretty tough. They got Florida at home at Baylor. Baylor, That's going to be a tough uh, tough game. But the Pac-12 standings don't count for that. And if anything, I'd rather have that. All these coaches who schedule these, you know, cupcake games, I'd rather have a tough early couple games get ready for for your conference play. So I like... uh, I like Utah with the second pick. Yeah, I mean, I I think the the key thing is like they beat they they beat USC by like literally like a second and one point at home last year, and now they got to go at uh, at USC this year. So I'm hesitant to pick Utah. Yeah, but wasn't but that the championship game? No, no, that was earlier. Uh, they, oh, the they, championship game they beat them by how much? Um, the bowl game's not on there. Exactly. Oh yeah. Or, so they they they, but, did, but they, they beat they, them forty seven twenty four in the rematch. But yes. Okay. But again, like if we're talking regular season, like right, you can't always count on a on they're going to rematch in the Pac twelve championship game. But they have to go at USC. You know, they're at Washington. They're they're at Oregon State. Look, they're at can, Baylor. Yeah, I can't but control their schedule. I love I second. Overall. I do love Cam Rising, and like I've always been a uh, a Kyle Whittingham fan. And yeah, they bring a lot back. But my pick. Who I'll yes. take at number do you three. Remember, do you remember quickly before you go? Do you remember how dumb I was calling him Cam Falling a couple years ago? Who? Cam Rising. Oh, I uh, no, I don't Cam remember Falling. that. But I'm, yeah. if it's a bad joke, it's good you brought it up. Yeah. Good <laughs> to remind the people. Talk about the montage, huh? <laughs> no, I mean bad as in it was a bad prediction. Because I was oh. like, oh, this Cam Rising. Oh. I don't give him a bad nickname unless I think they're going to fail. Remember, uh, uh, I still haven't Kirby called. Kirby Dumb. Well, Ryan Day, Ryan Knight. Yes, Kirby Dumb. Yeah, Kirby Dumb. Yep. He's yeah, changed that. Good He's Kirby Smart now. My pick at number three uh, is the Washington Huskies. So I actually had them at, uh, I on my board here, not knowing what my draft position would be. I had Washington number two behind USC, above uh, Oregon, above. I have Utah fourth, actually. And the, my reasoning for Washington here is like, I am so in on Kalen DeBoer and everything he's doing there. They bring back Michael Penix. This team went eleven and two last year. Um, they were the offense, like the offensive system under Kalen DeBoer, is so good, and that was just in his first year there. And if they're bringing back Michael Penix, like they they have so much coming back in the offense, I think the defense will be uh, improved as well. And their schedule is a lot uh, more favorable than the likes of like Utah, right? Like they they do play Boise State out of the shoot. Tulsa, but those are both at home. They go on the road at Michigan State, but you look at their Pac-12 schedule, they get Oregon at home. They get Utah at home. They get Washington State at home. They do have tough... They're at USC, of course, and at Oregon State, but like that, to me, is is easily a 10-win schedule uh, if they come out of those first two... If, if they beat Boise State and they don't lose at Michigan State, like <clears throat> I think they're going to have a very favorable Pac-12 schedule. I'm super bullish on Washington. In fact, like to me, they'd be... A, a legitimate sleeper playoff team. I don't know if they have enough to to win it all, but I think Penix is that good, and I think that system is that good. And and there was a talented team before Kalen DeBoer got there, but uh, Jimmy Lake was just like a horrible head coach, didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And so I think that now you have a legitimate coach in Kalen DeBoer really hitting their stride in a favorable schedule. So I like Washington. They might, they might honestly might be my pick to win the Pac-12. So current odds, USC is the favorite, plus 200. Oregon is second favorite plus 325, Washington third favorite plus 350, yeah. Utah fourth favorite plus 475. And it was a coin flip honestly between Oregon. I know I rag on Oregon a lot because I feel like they they underachieve due to their like hype every year, mm-hmm. but I'm actually pretty I'm like pretty bullish on Oregon this year and and Bo Nix returning and what they have coming back. To me like I, I just I want them to put it all together one year, but it would not even remotely surprise me if Oregon went 
like 12 and 0. Well, here's the thing with Oregon. I'm hearing Dan Lanning from inside the building. They're saying Dan Lanning has this head coach thing down, right? Because he's mm. been a lot of good he's been around a lot of good football teams, but the question is like could he take a program over? I say this all the time. If you have experience, we'll talk we'll talk about a team and a coach later on who came from experience who I really love and other coaches who who, who didn't, but I think if you know how to do it. I don't care if you did it FCS lower level FBS, if you know the process, how to talk to other coaches, how to get the team ready, it's a whole different you know, experience than, than like a, a position coach. It takes a, spe- a, a unique person to do that. So I think Dan Lanning's got it down. At least that's what they're saying from inside the building. Probably one of the defenses with the most upside because great defensive coaching staff, Dan Lanning, obviously. I'm going to call him Land Danning until he wins because like he said at media day, what's the Colorado Buffaloes done? It's like, screw you. I'm going to call him Land Danning for that. So I think <laughs> until then, is that okay, Will? Yeah, yeah. Call him um, Land Danning. I'm cool with that. But they do have a good uh, coaching staff, but uh, defensive staff at least. They're returning eight starters on defense. And also because I think they're going to improve because they were so bad last year, 98th overall in points per drive allowed with the 68th toughest schedule against offenses. So they didn't play a great offensive schedule, yet they were almost triple digits in points per drive allowed. Yeah, they're going to go up. They're going to be a better defense. But I, like I said earlier, with this whole defensive identity thing, when your offense is going to get on the field, run the foot, or you know, move quickly, try and score points, it's hard for a defense to have, to have an identity. And for those saying, "What are you talking about?" Dan Lanning's a sorry, Land Danning's a defensive coach. He's going to stress defense. He's got he's brought in a whole defensive staff. That's not what I saw last year. What I saw last year was the uh, second place team in the Pac-12 behind USC in terms of uh, pace, in terms of scoring, in terms of getting up and down the field. I mean, they scored a lot of points. This is the same. You watch them on tape, same old Oregon team that that we're used to. Just so much offense. So look, maybe I'm not giving Land Danny enough credit that he's going to adjust his team. They're going to be more defensive-minded, try and win a defensive way in the Pac-12, but I don't see it. Last year, 10th in the country in scoring, it could and just I think be that, the like, same thing. like, he's bringing in his defensive system because he was a defensive coordinator in that first year. It didn't go perfectly. Maybe, you know, I don't know enough about the X's and O's of the kind of system that he runs versus what was being ran before. Like, well, often if you have, like, a coordinator that comes in that wants to run a 4-3 and the previous one ran a 3-4, then you have, like, personnel issues. So it could be something like that. I don't know. No, but, but look, if, what I think it is is all these schools, Oklahoma, USC – uh, Mike Leach, rest in peace, all of his schools. Right. Why? Why is it that oh, it's not none that crazy. of them it's ever have a great defense? It's because it's it's not that hard to – I mean, like your your theory is totally right. Okay, it's so just the that, like, point here is, though, that the offense that, scores okay, so we don't fast, have to go the about defense it if you doesn't, get the have theory. To rest, doesn't get to rest. But Well, it's not just rest. It's structure because you have to – if teams are going to be passing at you late, you have to structure defense different because you're going to be defending yeah, the pass. Yeah, yeah, sure. So it's a whole bunch of different things. But my point with Oregon is – Despite Dan Lanning, Land Danning, and his, his structure, what he's bringing in, what he wants to do, I don't think it matters at the end of the day because I think he's doomed if he wants to run a defensive system because he's running with all a this fast-paced exactly. Offense. So it doesn't. It's right. all moot because this is what's going on. Unless they start running a much more NFL style, Oregon's not going to have a defense that hangs their hat on defense to win. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Fair enough. Um, uh, so sleeper though, because sleeper. I, I, the one team that we haven't talked about, and I, it's actually the team I'm going to be rooting for 
in the Pac-12. Like uh, uh, Smitty and I Can are I always guess? known for for taking like an honorary team where we become a fan. Smitty already bailed on Kansas <laughs> after our after our, our 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 whole year of being big Kansas fans. Can I guess? Yeah. Okay. So so two years ago, you guys were on Coastal. Yeah. Last year, you guys were on Kansas. Yep. This year, this may be my just my Pac-12 school though. It might not you're be just your Pac-12. Okay, okay, same level of Kansas or, D, or Coastal. Your lower level, Oregon State. Yes. Okay. Can I tell you before you like it why I hate this pick? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. I am selling my Oregon State stock. I don't. What's the deal? You know what I thought when I did this? Remember, <laughs> I thought of Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with airline peanuts? Right? I can't believe that you would think of Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> By the way, that's not a Seinfeld. That's just a trope. <laughs> What's the deal with Oregon State? That's what I was thinking, okay? I see major regression, not only because they were 10-3 and last year, so naturally you're going to get a little regression if you're Oregon State, you go 10-3. and Right. But they really beat up. When I dove into the schedule, I saw that they really beat up on the bad teams and elevated those stats, and they didn't stand in a lot of games where they weren't supposed to be in. So I think that they're based on expectation, not going to live up at all. I'm not sure the over-under. Maybe we can look it up real quick. Yeah, let me Oregon look. State's oh, yeah, Smitty, season Smitty, win you total. Want it? Or no? Oh, actually, I have a, I, I do have it pulled up right here. Two seconds. Well, look here's... Uh, obviously, the, the biggest thing about them is they bring in DJ Uyunglele. So it, it, it's eight and From and Clemson. Eight and a half. Eight and a half okay. minus 110, yes. Um, minus one, so it's pretty square. No, then. it's right there, eight and a half. Yeah, so, so obviously the market sees a regression too, but we'll get to DJ because I think the defense last year is why they were so good. You look right. at defense overall, they kept good teams close. They lost 17-14 sure. to 17, 14 USC, 24-21 at Washington. Now keep in mind, they also lost 42-16 you know, to Utah, but the defense got better as the year went on, which is a sign of a good coaching staff, players learning, like... This defense improved week by week substantially. You take away the Civil War, and they allowed 12 points per game the last half of the season. Right. So very good defense. But they're gone. They're all gone pretty much. Only five returning starters. And I think personally, in a transfer era, they didn't do nearly enough to bring players in. And you're telling me Oregon State recruiting the last three, four years is going to be able to handle this, sustain this? No way. They brought in C.J. Hart from Illinois, the linebacker, good linebacker. That's it. So right. I think they didn't do enough. They needed more. So offensively last year, they weren't terrible. 39th overall in opponent-adjusted efficiency, 30th overall in points per drive. But they're going to have to improve those two to top 25, top 20, if they're going to keep their same level going that, that we saw last year, or even right. nine wins. So I'm selling my Oregon State stock. I don't like this at all. Now, you mentioned DJ. Hey, Mr. DJ Uyunglele. He comes in from Cle- uh, Clemson. The Please top, don't include that one in the, the, top, <laughs> in the montage. The top four rushers are back. Eight total starters and offense are back. Yeah. And uh, Phil Steele has this offensive line, number two in the in the Pac-12. So right. I'm not saying they can't get back there offensively where they were, but they need to improve greatly offensively and somehow pull that same defense out of the hat with right. players that I think are not the same well, as last year. Well, they have like a fairly favorable schedule. They I think they'll probably be 4-0 before they host uh, Utah, but they get Utah at home. Uh, their road games aren't that bad. The road games are at Washington. I mean, at San Jose State, week one. That's a win. At Washington State, at Cal, at Arizona, at Colorado, and then at Oregon. Only Oregon out of those should be one they lose. And then and then they get Washington at home. They get UCLA at home. They get Utah at home. They don't play USC. Like even though they might not be as good of a team, especially on defense, that they were last year. If DJ Uyunglele can actually like be legit, and again, like he 
fell off from where like his highest like freshman year at Clemson was certainly. But if he comes in and plays well and the offense scores a lot of points, like I I for sure see them as as a team that could be another ten win season. They they won ten games last year, and I just think their schedule is very favorable. Okay, so to me they are a sleeper. Can we clip that? My Rihanna. No, because you guys know. Hey, Mr. DJ, come what, on, uh, Derry, play. Don't do it again. No, that was, that was Rihanna. No, I know, but you're not Rihanna. That's the problem. <laughs> okay, but hold on. You don't have to be Rihanna to do a little mix-up. Uh, I will, I'll <laughs> give you classic. money to never do that again. Okay, so are we done with Oregon State? Because we yeah. can draft bottom sure. teams. Okay. Yeah, bottom teams. So Loser who's draft. got the first? You got the first draft pick here. No. Oh, yeah, right. Snake draft. Good call. Uh, my number one team... My number one team is going to be Stanford. Your number 12 team. My number 12 team, yes. Stanford, okay. I think that, look, they... You that, know, that would have been my pick too, Will. They're just not... I mean, they fell off so hard towards the end under uh, David... Uh, David... David Kagan. David Duke Magan. No, who was there? David Shaw. David Shaw, thank you. I'm like this New Jersey <laughs> um, over here. Hey, and David the new guy, Duke, Troy Taylor, who I think you? came from like Sacramento, like a, a Division II school. Very good at Sac, Sac State. This is what I brought to you. You're exactly right, Ryan. This is what I said earlier. I don't care where you came from. No, he was, that's he true. was 30 and 8 at Sac but State. He knows the head coach. They were 3 and, 3 and 9 last year, and they have like no one returning. So, like, I just. I. I the only six, only six other total team, returning players. and I know that you guys won't pick them for the top three. It's the only team why I'm going to say this that I did think about, and it's not because of how good they are. It's like based off a of record is CU because I, what I think is that CU plays so many tough games out of the shoot. You and, can stick that in your pipe, and, and smoke all it. it will take is Shadur Sanders to take a bad shot, which is is possible with a bad offensive line, and then the whole season could be they could be one and eleven. That's you know not, what I mean? That's not true at all. First of all, like like the thing about CU, should we talk CU right now? Yeah, go ahead. Well, neither of you would have, were going to pick them for a bottom of the Pac-12, right? No, no, yeah, no of course, course not. not. Ryan Stobbs is a good quarterback. Okay, okay. Ryan Stobbs can play. What I'm seeing from okay, let's let's talk about this team because they've they've gotten so much press. And in my opinion, no one knows what the hell is happening in Boulder, Colorado. I heard Colin Cowherd the other day go, well, they got 12 players on the roster. They got 12 players. They got that. Blah. They got 51 transfers who came in with a handful of the best players from last year who stayed. Trevor sure. Woods was maybe the best defensive player last year on the team. He's going to play on Sundays for sure. He's playing. He's stuck around. They have offensive two offensive linemen who are going to start. I know around. they're going to improve, but like I mean, tell like they could they could be, they could definitely be three and one or or, or, or excuse me, uh, one and four out of their first five games, and and CSU is not going to be a cupcake. But you know what? You know what's crazy about this time of the year, and people do it with the buffs, and they do it with everyone else, and it drives me nuts. They go, okay, that's a win, that's a win, that's a loss, that's a win. It's like who. What? Just because? And by the way, no, let, I get it. Mathematically, you got you. I was mad when I talk about my math on here, but let's talk math real quick, okay? Because math is undefeated. We can all agree on this, okay? Math is undefeated. If you're a favorite four weeks in a row, minus seven, okay? Now, if you look on paper, the average fan, including myself, look, everyone's susceptible to this, right? I, I do it too. You look, you go win, 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 win. On math or on paper, mathematically. That represents about 2.85 wins. Right. Minus seven, four weeks in a row. So everyone automatically okay, says they're going to be like minus 15, which they're going to be in like four of those games. They're not going to be your overestimated. What's, the, what's well, the spread against TCU? It's 21. 21 but when they, when they lose what's that the game by... What's the spread going to be at Oregon and against USC? When they lose to TCU by eight points, the following spreads will change. When they lose to Nebraska... No, I get as it. a nine point... Nebraska's minus nine right now in Boulder. 
I'm actually and Colorado like might bullish win that game. on Dion. I'm just saying it's a brutal schedule out but of the shoot. And if something bad schedule. happens with Shadur Sanders, then yeah, the backup might be okay. But enough. That, I mean, they went one and eleven last year. But you've got to ask yourself. Are all of these other teams that much better than CU? And if the answer is no, it comes down to coaching, repetition, efficiency. And if CU can get lucky with some turnovers like USC did last year, some things go their way, they win some coin flips like TCU last year, of course they can win. I think some people may say I'm a homer and look, maybe I'm susceptible. I'm trying to be objective. Certainly are. Maybe I'm being maybe I'm susceptible. I think the ceiling is they can win seven to eight games this year. And you maybe say I'm crazy, but Will, again, we don't know what this team is. We've never seen in history, in the history of this sport, which has seen a lot of weird things happen. And turnover is common. You get a lot of seniors, graduates, NFL uh, uh, draftees. Turnover is common. We have never in the history of college football seen a team go from last year, CU, to this year, CU, they're going to be brand new. As we said, maybe what? Starters, maybe three left over? Yeah, total? so I think the stat that I saw out of all the um, players that transferred out from last year's team, only eight went to Power 5 conferences. We got right. rid or of the Power w- five teams. worst team. No, in I get it. So But my, not every transfer that comes in is a winner. That and, can't be, sure. well, can't be the, here, well, the way it works. You're right. Not every transfer who comes in is going to be great. And we have to count on... Other teams who have been playing in the same offense for four years, three that matters. Right. The, it's the, a whole, the, everything's new. It all matters. So like, you're I agree right. with they this. They could win. I, I, I would set the ceiling at six, but they also could win two. They could win against Colorado State and Stanford and lose every other game. I think that's extremely possible. I don't think that's possible because I believe in this staff, and I, maybe I'm getting hyped up with the YouTubes because I've been watching those be. a lot. But, but I think that, again, now I'm not talking about USC. I'm not talking about... Oregon, Utah. I'm not talking about Oregon. I'm not even talking about UCLA, you guys. I'm talking about Nebraska, Colorado State, Arizona State, Stanford, Oregon State, Arizona, Those Washington. Going to be tough ones, man. I'm just saying. I, I'm I'm rooting for CU here. I but think like, they're going to be. I tough think there's as well. a decent chance they finish. But we, all, you know, what's funny. Well. But you know, what's I really fun? do. But, but we all do this. And Will, if anyone, Will's the biggest college ball fan I know. But you, more than anyone, you do this. You focus too much on last year. Yeah. The, the Buffs the year before that were 4-8. and eight. The Buffs the year before that were 4-2. and two. They went to the Alamo Bowl. It's like they, we're not talking about some team that won 11 three years in a row. They, they No, I get it. You know, so I think it's this so many much unknowns. based on last There's year. There's too many unknowns. We can, we can move off the Buffs, but the, the you know what the knowns are? Good players like Shane Cokes coming in, like uh, 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 Levante Bentley from Clemson, uh, Jaquiz Robinson from Alabama, all on defense, going to start. Uh, Trevor Woods, who we said, defensive uh, uh, safety. You get to start Shiloh Sanders, right. uh, Shadur Sanders. And the backfield, Alton McK- uh, 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 Dylan Edwards, who's fast. Kavosia Travis Smoke. Hunter, right. Tra- uh, uh, well, I'm talking running backs right now. Tra- Kavosia Smoke, who was the third carrier last year for, for Kentucky. And the receivers, Travis Hunter, number one receiver in the country. He got offers from Florida State, other ACC schools. Xavier Weaver, uh, last year U- USF. Right. We got uh, Jimmy Horn all last year USF. Though. It's all a lot. unknown. A lot of great players. I'm so excited to see what they can do. And me I, too. For everyone out there thinking that this is nonsense, because this is what everyone does. It's either gonna it's see. either they're going to win one game or they're going to win eight games. They're probably going to win four or five. Right. You know. Over total, by the right. way, is three and a half. We can okay, move on from the buffs. What's your pick for my loser? pick is going to be. Ooh, for the loser. Damn, I hate this next pick. I, I'm. It's either going to be Arizona, Arizona State, or Cal. Because I'm not picking the Buffs. <laughs> I'm going to go Arizona State. 
Okay. Wow. Uh, the under right now is four and a half. And you know what? Let's let's go ahead and give the under out because I have major questions about uh, Kenny Dillingham and the staff he has around him. Young staff, not a lot of experience. And in this Pac-12 that doesn't get a lot of respect, they're going to have a lot of tough games. And in those coin flip games, like I just talked about the buffs may have an advantage where don't, people don't see. I think ASU will not have the advantage. They were they rank 10th or worse in every defensive category, really middle of the pack to, to below average offensive line in the Pac-12. And the inept coaching staff, like I said, will prove itself in the third and fourth quarter. They only returned five starters on defense. By the way, a defense that ranked 128th last year in net points per drive. I'm selling my ASU stock, so okay. I'll take the Sun Devils uh, to finish last in the conference. Ryan, what do you got for last here? Uh, I'm going to take Arizona Wildcats. Um, the Cats. Interesting. Um, I just don't think that they've done enough in the offseason. Um, added a couple pieces for sure. Um, that defense Montana, last year, they added a good receiver, who we know. Montana Lamonius Craig. For sure. Um, last year, they really struggled on defense, couldn't stop anybody, which oh, yeah. will come into play um, in a later segment, but... Um, yeah, I just don't think they've done enough. Um, I'm not convinced with Jed Fish, and uh, yeah, so I'll go Arizona. Okay, fair enough. Um, Number 12. So I'm going to disagree with Ryan, and I'm actually going to give out Arizona over 4.5 for one of my picks. Okay. Um, I think Arizona is underrated, one of the most underrated teams, because they lose like their only high-profile high games they ever get. They lose close games, but I think when you look at the advanced stats, Jaden Delora, their quarterback, is honestly, I know this is going to like seem like a stretch, I think he's the most underrated quarterback in the Pac-12. Just in terms of where people right now, if you ask the average person on the off the streets, right, rank your top 12 Pac-12 quarterbacks, most people would have Delora like bottom 10, 11, 12. Right. I think he's like four, five, six. I he's think we're looking legit. at a really good quarterback here. I just talked about, well, Ryan just talked about, they added Montana Lamonius Craig, good receiver. And their top five rushers are back. So, like, they're bringing back a lot of talent, I think, from last year. So, Ryan... I agree. They didn't do a lot in the offseason, but I don't think they needed to. I think they bring they bring back enough. And Jed Fish, even though he's 6-18 overall at Arizona, he's 12-12 and against the spread. He's a good enough coach to where when things start to even out in the market, he has a good enough team. I think they'll stay in games. I actually think they can get to a bowl game if things go really well. This year, non-conference at Mississippi State, that's going to be tough, but... Again, Who RIP Mike Leach. State's be, exactly right. early in the year, not 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 too sure about them, but they should find wins against Northern Arizona, UTEP, UTEP maybe. We'll see. That's going to be a good game. But if they can be Stanford on the road, September twenty third, they could open up three and one. So, um, is that your uh, your your win total bet for the Pac twelve? Arizona over four and a half because that's that's it's the Arizona over four and a half and I am giving out ASU two under four and a half. Okay, so both Arizona schools I'm going to give bets out on on the show. By the way, right now I have them. What is it? Four and a half? Sorry, uh, four and a half for both of them. Okay, got it. Um, potential wins for Arizona and these are going to be Ryan your make or break games. So these are all going to be really close spreads. Okay, I define this as like within five points or so. Northern Arizona to open the season at Stanford at Washington State, at Colorado, and then at Oregon State. All those games, Arizona is probably going to be in at some point in the game. They could lose all of them. They could win some of them. So I'll give out over four and a half. Ryan's got them for the conference. So My, I don't uh, have anyone else for the – I mean, we didn't talk UCLA. I've got a few things, but – Yeah, that's just they have a freshman quarterback. Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think that they're just going to be middle of the pack. I, I, I don't expect much out of them. Well, I do have a couple – I have one good stat for UCLA. Last year, the reason why UCLA was so good, offensive line, 
these stats are crazy. Last year in their t- efficiency rankings, which is the uh, Football Outsiders opponent adjusted, number two in average line yards, number one standard down line yards, number two opportunity rate, number four stuff rate. I'm not going to go through what they all mean. That's incredible. That's like best line in the country. They lost three linemen, four overall. It's going to be tough to replace them with the transfers they brought in. So that's my main note with a UCLA. Okay, got it. My uh, my win total is going to be Utah over eight and a half. Uh, their road games are tough. That's the main thing. I think they're going to beat Florida week one. Uh, they're they're pretty solid favorites there. But then they go at Baylor. They also play at Oregon State, at USC, at Washington, and at Arizona. But I think they can probably win against uh, Arizona State. Definitely against Arizona, or excuse me, Oregon State. Definitely against Arizona. And then can they pull off one of those wins against? Baylor uh, or or Washington on the road. I think they're good enough to do it, so I'm going to go Utah over 8.5. That's my win total uh, for the Pac-12. Boom, love it. And now, gentlemen, we move to the SEC. The SEC. It just means more, boys. Yes. It just means more. I'm so excited for this because... Are we doing a new order or are we doing same order? Same order. Same order. So, Ryan, you got first overall pick. Wait, I know we're trying to wrap this up. It's 7.15 here, Mountain Time. It's been a long day for us here, but uh, I have a few notes here to start, Will. Can on, I, on the SEC? Uh, on the SEC. Yeah, yeah. Can I get get after it. Okay. Um, so the first thing I noticed was all these teams. Have you noticed how many teams have four road games? It is right. All the big programs schedule it that way. Because it makes them more money SC and teams, they get better wins. They get, they get four more fucking road games. So yeah. here's my thing. It's on Twitter, on, on, schedule, on social media. Conference schedule. All you SEC fans, shut the hell up <laughs> who are they yelling at they're all the, they're the most vocal fan like conference in, in all sports five. but they always yell at everyone as if we're saying stuff there you go of course we're the best conference I told you we're the best conference we won this many championships we're doing this it's like who are you yelling at no one's ever talking bad about the SEC who do you know who's like Boy, the SEC's overrated. Danny, Boy, Alabama Danny lately. Danny Boy, <laughs> Georgia lately. Aside from the hot take artists at ESPN, no one's saying that. But SEC is like the rich millionaires of college football. You know how everyone's like the millionaires, like they don't pay taxes, everyone's upset? That's the SEC. So if you're an SEC fan, they found you're a, a rich millionaire who doesn't pay taxes. So I don't want to hear it loophole. anymore. That's what they do. They, they schedule four road games a year. All these things I'm going through, even like Arkansas... Like, what is this? This is bullshit. They're playing with house money. Well, wait a minute. Of give, course they're all finishing with nine wins this give season. Give Alabama they're some playing credit. Arkansas, Tech, State. They're playing Alabama A&M. Alabama Austin played PA. at, Austin, at PA, Texas last all at year. Home. It's like, of course they're going to go. You go five and four in conference, you are you got ten wins. You got nine wins. Alabama's playing at South Florida this bullshit. year. Bullshit. Which actually is shocking to me because I would have never imagined they would ever agree to play a game at such a, a small road stadium, but at South Florida for Alabama. So give them some credit. Dude. No, I'm Bulls, just saying, Bulls oh, boo-hoo. Down. boo-hoo for all no, you SEC it. fans who have it so hard out there. Everyone's talking so bad about your cards. They need boo-hoo to have a nine-game schedule. For all of you. And uh, that, that's what it is. But okay, Smitty, your, uh, your pick, it's got to be Georgia, right? Nope, I'm going, I'm going Crimson Tide, baby. Wow, he's taking Bama like, over Georgia. Okay, so I like I, the favor, favorable schedule. And also this year, um, I mean, obviously, Bam is filled with talent. Um, and I think uh, Milroy is his name. Milrow. I, Milrow. I think he Milrow's will. place. Milrow's place. Yes. If he wins the starting job, by the way, because Tyler Buckner is competing. But right. So I that's, so that's what I was going to bring up is they have about five quarterbacks that could probably all start. Right. But I think Milrow, just because he played a little bit last year, I think he'll get to start. The schedule, just like Walgie was saying, very favorable. Um 
Yeah, I'm I'm going tied. Okay, wow. So okay. I, I have a proposition. Uh, let's not talk too much about the top two teams because we know about them. Okay. I have the second pick, right? Yeah, but Alabama's got some interesting stuff. But yes, you have the yeah, second for sure. pick. I agree. Uh, number two, I'm going Georgia. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, we know Georgia. Uh, favorite right now. Kirby Dumb. Kirby Smart. There you go. They're Stetson one of the best Bennett in the country. Finally graduated. We don't have after to go through 15 years. Right, right. We don't have to go through every position. He's every already group. retired. They're going to be great. <laughs> That's my pick. Well, my only note on Alabama is that. People are penciling them in as the automatic bid out of the SEC West, and I don't know that it's going to be that simple. Be- only because they are—it's two new coordinators, likely a, uh, obviously a new quarterback, whether it be Milrow or it's Buckner. Um, I don't know about Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator. However, I think he's—I think he's definitely an upgrade, upgrade over Bill O'Brien, who I think underperformed uh, by yes, a significant agreed. margin at Alabama. And so, even though I don't think that Tom, uh, Tommy Reese is a slam dunk. Uh, I think he's much better than than Bill O'Brien, which is an improvement. And same goes for um, for uh, Kevin Steele, who's the new defensive coordinator. And so again, like I think those are good moves for them. But like they are breaking in a lot of new players, probably a new quarterback. They do have like uh, they get Texas at home at least, but they have some tough road games. But even so, they're probably the favorite in the West. However, if I'm, I'm if I'm getting LSU at third, I'm taking that all day long. Sure. Um, LSU is dangerous. I mean, they beat Alabama last year, of course. Uh, in overtime, right, uh, by, you know, last play of the game um, at home, and now they have to go at Alabama this year. But they bring back so much. Brian Kelly, we've talked about him for years, about how much we respect him and how much, you know, we think that he's a legit coach. Jaden Daniels, I mean, he impressed me so much last year. I was very much of the, you guys remember, this time last year I was like, I don't think this guy is going to be legit. He's not going to hack it in the SEC, and I couldn't have been more wrong. He was so he played so well for them. That team is so talented, like deep on the defense. They have real like game breakers at basically every level, um, and they have Florida State out of the shoot, which should be a really tough game. It's it's neutral, but in Florida, um, and then they have a pretty tough SEC schedule. They have to go at Ole Miss. They have to go at Alabama, but like they don't have to play Georgia. They don't have to play uh, Tennessee. Right, like they're they're kind of they've uh, avoid some of the other ones. They get Texas A&M at home. They get Florida at home. They get Auburn at home. They get Arkansas at home. Like this is a, I think LSU is primed for a a really legit season where I think the SEC West will hinge on who wins the game between Alabama and uh, and LSU. LSU, yeah. And I, I was I was gonna say just to that point, the month of October I think is their toughest stretch. They've got A&M, Arkansas. Tennessee, LSU, three of those are all at home except for the A and M game. Alabama, you mean? Yeah, yeah. And A and M is going to be a dangerous team too. By the way, honestly, like sure. they could be dumpster fire uh, recycled from last year, but I I actually think they're going to be much improved from from what they were last year. But I think LSU, like I don't think anyone would be crazy to pick them to win the SEC West yeah. this year, yeah. um, just because there are question marks a, a little bit for Alabama, but it is still Alabama. So I'm I'm cool with that pick. I do like LSU too. We've been high on them for a while. Uh, we'll see how they do this year. Uh, Tennessee. This is going to be my bet, my best bet. Oh wow! Yeah. So Tennessee, I'm going under Your win total. Yeah, win total. What's the total? Nine and a half. Ooh. I'm going under nine and a half. Ooh. Tennessee. You can currently find this as we speak at FanDuel. I am selling my Tennessee stock. Uh, they lose eleven starters, including Hendon Hooker, right. Jalen Hyatt. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman. I mean, those are massive players. Now we have to discuss how good is Josh Heupel because if he can somehow keep this thing going, we have to put him. We have to put him right. in the same category as other elite SEC coaches. 
I'm not ready to do that yet. Okay. I'm, I know he's 46 and 16 lifetime, 34, 28 against the spread. Good numbers. Fantastic but, numbers. But yeah. I've noticed about him, he does well when he's supposed to do well, and he doesn't do well when he's the underdog. At Tennessee, he's 11 and 3 against the spread as a favorite. Think about that. He's been the favorite 14 times again. I'm not talking wins and losses. This is covering the spread. If Tennessee's minus 20, they're winning by 21 at least. Right. He's 11 and 3 in those spots. But when they're the underdog, plus 7, plus 3, plus five, they're 2 and 7. Right. So when they're plus 7, they're losing by 10. So when they win, they blow teams out. When they're the underdog, or when they are favored, they blow teams out. When they're the underdog, they seem to get blown out. So I wonder, without all these stars, how good can they be? Are they going to go back to the 8-9-win eight, eight, team right. that I kind of think they are? And I'm willing to bet so. Uh, by the way, defense last year, I was really not impressed when I looked at the deep stats. They're, they were top 10 in overall FEI, which is an important stat. Right. But every team in the top 10 in the FEI was top at least 15 defensive FEI, except uh, Tennessee. They were 35th. I yeah. mean, it was this huge. That's a big drop off. If, yeah. if you're talking elite teams. And last year, other advanced stats efficiency, 35th. Uh, I just said that. Points allowed per drive, 38th. Sack rate, 97th. Right. This is not the recipe for this repeat, rinse and repeat, compete in the SEC. So overall, I do like Josh Heupel and think they'll be a really good team. But for us to lose this bet, they have to go 10 and 2 regular season. I don't see it happening. You know, they're catching Bama and UK on the road, back-to-back weeks, by the way. They go at Bama, at, at, at Kentucky, and they get Georgia late in the season when Georgia's going to be primed for that national championship run. I don't see it happening. So Tennessee, under 9.5, minus 140. That stretch in October and November is definitely tough for them. But yeah. like, And I think the point of them, they cover when they're favorites and they don't when they're not, is like a great marker of where they are as a program, which is like they're on the way up. And Josh Heupel has done a great job of improving them. Yeah, they haven't been elite yet, right? Which is, that's exactly why when they do face an elite team where they're not favored, that's what's happening, right? But to yeah, me... That the, could be the case where, where, where they, when they face a, a team who they're better than, they lay it on for, for because of coaching. Right, But when, yeah. they're, when they're inferior... Well, they're just in that sweet spot over. of like, they're not elite, but they're really fucking good. Right. And so like, like, I think that so much obviously is going to hinge on how Joe Milton does this year. Because we only saw him in a couple of of really important games in the bowl game last year ever after Hendon Hook and Hendon Hooker went down. And I know Joe Milton well. He was he played at Michigan. He was recruited there. He was hyped up one year as the starter in 2021 or, or 2020, and it just went terrible. Like, everyone was like, this guy is the best. He's amazing in practice. And then he'd get in the game, and he would, like, shit his pants and play really terribly. And so when he went to Tennessee, I was very, like, credulous. I was like, I don't think this is going to work out. And, like, I couldn't have been more wrong. That dude, I think he's he fits Josh Heupel's system, which – intentionally is designed to 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 create really big uh like open deep shot plays and so and he has like maybe the strongest arm in all of coach in all of college football joe milton has a fucking cannon and so if if he can play like he did in those I've last couple before. of games oh he's got a cannon let's let's put the farm on him well no i'm not saying put the farm on him. you're not listening at all i'm saying he has a cannon <laughs> no, and I, I'm wasn't. Saying I was if, checking my baseball I know, scores um yeah look Got some huge games going on i'm that, saying right? if he if he plays like he did in those last two games which i'm not saying he will but if he does if he actually proves me and doubters wrong and he and that's the joe that is joe milton that's not just an aberration then they're going to be they're going to light motherfuckers up because he really does have all the talent. I don't know if he 
if he will will put it together for an entire season. But yeah, they, I mean, tough schedule at Alabama, at Kentucky, at Missouri, Georgia at home, Texas A&M at home. But you know, so I don't I don't hate your your win total bet, but I still think that it's a program on the rise. But yeah, they lost a lot, and 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 I I like Heupel, but. I, I can't wait to watch them. I'm interested to see how it goes. Okay. So who is your uh, who's if you had to have a, a a dark horse in the SEC who to long shot to win? Who would it be? Long shot. Well, my long shot would be LSU because right now They're, Georgia not a long it, shot. They're it, like it third. Had, but but they're third because Georgia's like minus what like one fifty and Alabama's yeah, like plus two hundred. They're, they're they'll be second in their division, so that, that can't be a dark horse. I mean, if you're gonna go dark, you horse, could maybe go A and M or like to. Ole Miss. Well, look, uh, well, thanks, Will, for for giving me the teams. <laughs> I don't. I mean, that, those would probably be the next two. I wouldn't go Ole Miss. I don't. I don't trust them. If anything, I'd probably trust Jimbo. And by the way, A and M brings back and it brings back twenty starters. Like right. No, I know. 0 starters. The whole question with them is can can Jimbo capitalize because Jimbo Fisher in his career is 124 and 44 career. I mean, he wins games, you know. By when the way, they brought in Bobby Petrino. He's 39 and 21 at A&M. Huge. He knows how to win. He they bring in Petrino who knows how to drive, you know, ride a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, against yeah, the spread, does. it's funny. We all like I feel like a lot of people including myself sold our Jimbo stock last year. Do we not all realize he's 33-26-1 against the spread? He yeah, still and he's wins. won an ass championship. He exceeds it. So that's but why I would take them over. it was over. bad last year. But I would take them over Ole Miss. But they finished strong. They beat LSU. Right. They had huge wins in the season. So, like, I think it was some weird anomaly. They, their offense was so it was really bad, bad in those games. And you look at but Jimbo. But Jimbo. Jimbo's the offense. He was, like, calling the plays. And so I, it's a good thing they bring in Bobby So I'll go Petrino. A&M. If you're forcing me to pick some dark horse, I'll go A&M. Okay. Yeah, that would be my pick, too. All right, uh, worst, your loser for the SEC. Worst. So do I go first here? Uh, no, I go first. Mm. Uh, and I'm taking Missouri. I'm very okay. down on Missouri. The, okay. uh, everyone's obvious pick is Vanderbilt, but I actually think Vandy showed improvement last year. And I think Missouri is just like they can't get over the hump. They can't even remotely be dangerous and win big games. Uh, I think Eli Drinkowitz seems like the coolest dude ever, and he's hilarious. Every, every like, sound bite that I hear from him is amazing, but – I got to see something on the field out of them, and I, I've just yet to see it, and I think they're just in a tough spot. Okay. So I'm taking Missouri. So this is Will's worst pick I've ever heard in my life. Uh, you have the entire conference at your disposal, and you pick Missouri. They're over under six and a half. I actually like Missouri this year. Uh, I don't have to spend too much time on Mizzou, but they Brady Cook, we talked about underrated quarterbacks, yeah, really underrated. I mean, now they have to – I think they have to dial back Brady Cook because last year they that was the Brady Cook show, right? It was – Oh, what's the Brady Bunch uh, theme song? I don't know, but let's not. I was sing thinking it. the itchy and scratchy shoe. That's not it. It's definitely it's, not. Uh, it. <laughs> it's doesn't matter. Whatever the Brady Bunch was. That's that's what they were last year. So anyway, last year Brady Cook he threw it almost four hundred times. He rushed it hundred and thirty nine times for almost eight hundred yards. He was exhausted when the season ended. So less that uh, their top two running backs are back. They got some good running backs or receivers back. They bring in a transfer uh, from OU, Theo Weiss. On the outside, a receiver right. who had 1,000 yards last year. Well, and Mookie Cooper's a savage, too. Oh, uh, Mookie. Mookie. Mookie Betts. Cooper. Uh, I like Missouri, actually. I, I, I don't like that pick. I'm going to go. Do I have a second overall? Yeah. Is this me? I'm going to go Vandy. 
Yeah, but that's the obvious pick. And Clark Lee already told you they're going to be the best uh, program in the country soon enough. Mm. So <laughs> Vandy was kind of dangerous last year by, by Vandy standards. Yeah, do we? Do I have to go deep into detail? No, right? It's no, Vandy. We're, we're not going deep on Vandy. Thank you, Ryan. Who are you picking? I got Vandy. Will's I'm got actually uh, going Alabama. To, uh, reiterate a little bit of what Will said. I'm going to go with the Gators. Ooh, what the Gators. To, to finish last in the conference? Yeah, yeah. So it's tough for them, man. So I will say the Gators this year will have huh. a very good ground game. Specifically, they have. A very good O-line and added a couple transfer portal guys um, uh, up front. Got a good stable of running backs. I just think um, they 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 just don't do it for me. Billy Napier, I think I think he kind of caught lightning in a bottle a little bit with Anthony Richardson last year. Good quarterback play. I do not trust Graham Mertz at all. Right. Um, and I think this is going to be a down year for them, but I think that's that they're going to kind of skyrocket in the 24 well, season. But you say good quarterback play. I didn't like what I saw last year at all from, Anthony, from uh, Richardson. Right. I thought he looked average. I thought that uh, what happened in my he opinion was... He was super talented. He, exactly. The, the NFL I, I, scouts I, I, I saw, guess let me ask you, Richardson or Mertz? Well, but but see, <laughs> I would sh- I would I would follow that question up with a question. I would take Richardson, you know, Napier or last year's coach at Wisconsin, who you know, because I know. Uh, oh, Paul Christ. Paul Christ, because to me, this is not a because we we have to ask ourselves something. Why did every professional NFL scout say, "Look at that first round talent, first round pick"? Yet. He looked average to below average at Florida. I think that's a Billy Napier problem. Like you mentioned, I think that's more. Yeah, but did Billy Napier make like, has he proven a record of turning quarterbacks into like studs? I know Anthony Richardson got drafted high because he can throw it a fucking mile. No, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm agreeing with, I'm saying it was his problem. This is a Billy Napier issue. This is him putting a good talent in horrible situations to where everyone on the outside said, that's a first round talent. Even though he looks bad in the offense, first round talent. So we got to ask ourselves, What's he going to do now with, unless this year's quarterback is a first-round talent, what can we expect from this offense? Right. So I do have question marks. I know he did well where, you know, wherever he was in the past, but I just think that overall I would sell my stock too. I don't trust Florida. Um, yeah, and they go at Kentucky, at South Carolina, at LSU. Like Those are tough yeah. games. Yeah, and, and you look at preseason, the Phil Still rankings. Also Utah. pick a third, folks. What do you want from me? <laughs> no, exactly. But overall in the uh, SEC, Phil Steele, these are Phil Still rankings. Pick. Defensive, their D-line, eighth overall. Linebackers, 11th. D-backs, ninth. Yeah, no, I, I, I uh, Graham Mertz, I don't think is the answer. All right, sure. my my win total is LSU over nine and a half. I know it's juiced, but that's my pick for, that I'm giving out. LSU over nine and a half. All Tyler, right. for you. Well, I already gave out a couple. For I, SEC? I gave out Tennessee under nine and a half. All right, hang on. I'm and tracking uh, these. Tennessee under nine and a half. I didn't give one from Missouri, actually. So I'm just going Tennessee under nine and a half in the SEC. Perfect. And I'm going LSU over uh, nine and a half. Now, before we uh, before we wrap up, we're going to do rapid fire. Last week, we did the you did the emojis for yes. the Big 12. So this is perfect. Smitty's got the Pac-12 on lock. I sure do. I have the SEC on lock. Rapid fire. We'll go rapid fire. Smitty, hit us with the Pac-12 emojis. Well, here, here. So I'll, I'll read teams in, in random order. All right. So, Ryan, give us uh, Utah. Utah. I got the King's crown. As of right now, <laughs> they are uh, back-to-back Pac-12 champions, I believe. Correct? Yes. Yes. Could be the first ever Pac-12 team to win three in a row. Love Utah, even though I picked USC. But I got the king's crown. Okay. Uh, Stanford. Stanford. Brain. I've got a <laughs> service dog. <laughs> um, so they're going to need a lot of guidance. Um, 
they're only returning six players from last year's team. Yeah. They're going to need a lot of help. Arizona so, State. Service dog. Service dog. Arizona State. I actually have a racehorse. So um, I actually do like Kenny Dillingham's um, previous um, coaching jobs. I believe he was at Oregon. Um, he was at a couple different schools. They had uh, Florida State. A couple different uh, – two, three schools that had some good offenses. Wasn't there long. Sounds like a science teacher to me. Hey, Mr. Dillingham. Mr. Dillingham. Um, what about uh, – uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I got the uh, got the racehorse. Got some purebred uh, coaching lines. Arizona. Arizona, I've got a beaver. Of course <laughs> you do. Not Oregon State. Of course you do. <laughs> so the beaver is because they allowed almost 37 points per game last year. So they need Ew. some beavers to build a dam build on that, that dam. defense. Build that right, wall. Let's go Washington State. <laughs> Washington State, I got a syringe. So, um, Jake, they need steroids. <laughs> well, they need to juice that offense a little bit. Jake, uh, okay. Jake Dickert, um, he's a defensive minded coach. I think defensively they will be good this year, but they need to do some things on uh, on offense. California, Cal, California dream. I got a stack of bricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year they allowed 31 sacks. Ooh. Ouch. So that's a lot per game for a 12 game season. That's going to hurt so, in the Wilcox. Sure is. <laughs> that's going to hurt in the Wilcox. <laughs> okay. Uh, Washington. Washington, I got a shooting star. So even though I picked USC, Utah, king of the Pac 12 as of right now, I think Washington has the best all around roster in the Pac 12. They just need to pull it all together. And again, like Will said, could be a sleeper for a playoff team. University of California, Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, this one got two. No one ever calls them that. UCLA. It's just funny, yeah. <laughs> this one's got two, and it applies to Chip Kelly, and it's a donkey in a fire emoji because his <laughs> ass is on fire. Oh, hey. We will do asses of fire, seat. I'm sure. Uh, um, we're definitely it, bringing it back. It, 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 uh, in a few weeks, uh, you know, during the middle of the season. But I think with the amount of talent he has, he did a great job last year, but that team was spectacular. Um, I just think he needs to pull it together, especially moving to the Big Ten. He's on the hot seat. If he doesn't put out a good product this year, then I think he's gone. All right, only a couple more. Oregon State. Oregon State, I got the cold face emoji because I think they're the best remaining Pac-12 team that's going to get left out in the cold as far as the realignment goes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, did we do Washington? No. Yes. Oh, yes. Shooting okay. star. Uh, uh, Oregon. Oregon is a croissant. No croissant because they have the. Do they have a French player on their team? They're no, because they're flaky. <laughs> ah, I love it. So they when you go flaky. and see, you know, like a continental breakfast, you see the croissants, you see the bagels, you see the donuts. The croissants look great, but they're really disappointing. They mm. look good on the plate, but they're flaky. They're all over the place. You got to get a good one. You, you got to get a good croissant. You got to get a good one. I think that they're always. It's kind of like that old saying: uh, "Look like Tarzan, play like Jane." Yeah, they just can't get to the finish line. Mm. Underrated breakfast sandwich. The Burger King sandwich. Not bad. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two. Uh, let's go Utah. <laughs> we already went Utah, Kings Crown. Okay, so we got two left. USC and Colorado. Let's go USC first. Uh, USC. USC is the arm flex. So clear favorite in the Pac-12. <laughs> They're going to be the bully. So uh, going with the arm flex. And the Buffaloes of color. Your golden Buffaloes. So this isn't bias at all, of course. Of course. Go Buffs. The trophy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's the star-eyed face. And most of it is just because of we've never never seen (laughs) a turnaround like Coach Prime has implemented. The complete roster turnaround the coaching staff turnaround right the 
uh, social media following, the selling out season tickets, selling out spring game, even if they do selling merch, even if they do finish mm, in the bottom merch. of the Pac-12, what he's done is absolutely incredible. Whether you like him, whether you hate him, they're whether moving you're, units. You're indifferent. They're you moving know what? units. It's pretty freaking impressive, and it's just fun. All right, there we go. Good job, Ryan. Good emojis. Very I well like done. that. I thought that was well done. Yeah, exactly. Well All right, done. Will. SEC emojis. Let's get to it. Let's start off with Arkansas. Arkansas, Pink. of course. Big suey, baby. Uh, it's, the, it's the beer mug. Sam Pittman <laughs> likes himself an old cold one. That was an interview he gave after a game last year. He said, I'm gonna, I, like, I like an old cold one, so it's the beer mug because I love Sam Pittman, love Arkansas. I thought he meant he liked you know, no, he likes an old cold one, baby. Okay, I'm not gonna do a. He says he doesn't promote it, but he likes an old cold one. <laughs> All right, uh, Arkansas, oh, Auburn, Auburn. Um, so Tigers. this one is two. The obvious one was the freezing face, but since Smitty took that for the Pac-12 because of Hugh Freeze, I won't do that. But also because of Hugh Ooh. Freeze, I'm going with the high heel emoji because there might be some hookers around. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Uh, the Jolly Roger flag. Rest in peace, Mike Leach, the Pirate. Uh, no- nothing else to be said. Georgia. The Bulldogs, um, cop car emoji. They got to teach their kids to learn how to drive the speed limit. Um, <laughs> the, you can. There, there have been bad His jokes. His dog was someone. Sick. Someone actually died, so that that's not a fun yeah, joke. But there's a- also since then there's been guys Ooh. getting like speeding tickets going like 120 and stuff. So cop car emoji, uh, drive the speed limit, uh, Georgia. You're the only ten I see. <laughs> okay. Uh, the flexing arm one because Joe Milton does have the strongest arm in college football, and if it goes well for them uh, with him, uh, they're going to be good. Will's not a ten. What do you think Will is, Ryan? About a seven, seven and a half. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> I'll give it to him. All right, uh, Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss. Um, it's the it's basic, but it's the smiling emoji with the sunglasses because I always equate that to like cool. And Lane Kiffin is just the coolest dude around. He's so fun. How'd How not can- go with mustard on there? Oh, I forgot about the mustard. Damn it, Smitty. We needed you. The sm- mustard bottle would have been great. Okay. Mustard would have been great. Smoke weed, talk shit like Lane That's Kiffin. Right. He is just All cool. right. Uh, uh, did we do Kentucky? We did not. I want some Kentucky emojis. Give me a goddamn Kentucky emoji. Uh, it's the racehorse. So for two Why reasons. Why did we all? I used it for the dark horse, Texas Tech. No, but it's Ryan not. The, they're not dark horse. Pure bloodlines. Coaching lines. Pure coaching lines. Yeah, careful like saying that. pure bloodlines. Um, <laughs> no, Especially in the they're the racehorse because Ryan's they're a Slytherin. They're a team that runs. They're mutters, but also the checker jerseys and end zone remind me of a, of a jockey. So they're a racehorse. Best end zones in college football. Let's go Missouri. Uh, the crying laughing cat emoji. You know, like the cat <laughs> face. And the reason why is because they're a paper tiger. They're supposed to be the tigers, but they're like the wimpiest tigers out there. I'm down on Missouri, which we just talked about. Florida. So. Uh, Florida guy in the hard hat emoji, uh, similar to your bricks. Uh, they're under construction. Florida's under construction, mm-hmm. so hard hat. Vandy, stock up chart symbol, the one that's got it's shooting up. Right, Clark Lee already said it when he came in. He thinks Vandy can be the best program in the country. Last year they didn't lose every game by sixty points. It's stock up, baby. <laughs> okay, that's another stupid thing he said, but whatever. It's not my segment. <laughs> LSU. <laughs> Uh, the devil emoji. So LSU is scheming to ruin. Went, you know what I listened to the other day? The devil went down to Georgia. Irrelevant for the SEC as well. Um, LSU. Well, Georgia's in the SEC. I know. That's what I'm saying. He was in a bond. He was I'm way agreeing behind. with you. He Less was looking to make um, a deal. He's, uh, they're <laughs> scheming to ruin Alabama's year, and Brian Kelly's face turns purple when he's mad. So the, the, the devil emoji. <laughs> okay, so we, we're saving Bama for last. So we've done Vandy, Missouri, Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, right? 
I don't think we did South uh, Carolina. We didn't do Bama either. Let me just do the well, ones Bama's I haven't last. done. Okay. I'm saving it. Okay, gotcha. Okay, I'm then yes. The thing here. Uh, then who? Who do you want? South You're, Carolina. South Carolina. Um, that South, was it, right? Those two? Egg, they're the eggplant emoji. Go Cox. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I like this. Okay, and then number one, Alabama. Um, is that all we have left? I yeah, don't that's right. Know. No, you're definitely right. No, we have A and M too. A and M is the gas emoji because uh, they're they're full of oil money and they're gassed up for this year. And then Alabama, they're the lock emoji. They should be the lock for the SEC, but we're gonna see. Okay, baby. So I know we're done with the show, Ryan. Should should I either give me one of three things? Should I either not tell the joke at all? Should I save it for another show? Or should I tell it right now? I thought you did tell the joke already. No, this is a very dirty joke. It's the liver joke. How long oh is this? Oh, my God. Should I save it for another show? Sure. Save it for another show. Save it for another I'll show. I'll save it. I'll save Follow it. Follow us on Twitter slash X, uh, at CFB underscore pod. Uh, like and subscribe. Rate and review. Give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week. We're breaking down the Big Ten and the ACC. Can't wait. <laughs>